The Power of the Word is brought to you each week by the support of our partners and friends. Today on Power of the Word. Why do you think they call a disciple a disciple? Discipline follower. That's what a disciple is. See, to be a disciple of the Lord means you've got to be a discipline follower. You've got to discipline yourself to do it. It's not always easy, but it's right. Not always easy, but it's right. If your whole life could be summed up in just one verse of the Bible, would you want to know what that verse is? In this stirring message, Dr. Ed King dives into a deep revelation of Philippians 4.13. There's significant meaning found in each and every word, all of which applies to your life and purpose. To receive this message as a downloadable MP3 for $3 or on CD for $7, please visit us at powerofTheWord.com or call us at 800-956-4433. Discover all that God has for you, the destiny He has in store, and how you can tap into it with this one verse. God, I want to talk to you today about in our series on prioritizing God's Word. And uh, I'm going to talk to you today about feeding on God's Word. Now, when I, when I had put my notes, you know, I put rough notes down and then I, I refine them and usually refine them again and again and again. And more of what a sermon consists of, at least for me, is deciding what not to use. Because you have to put it in a package that's presentable so you have this, all this information and uh, then you begin to put it in a way that's digestible, amen? And make a point, not make too many points because then something gets lost. But make, condense it down to a point. But I had another point, shall we say, that I was gonna work through and then just as I began to finalize I really felt like God wanted me to talk to you about feeding on his word and it fits the series that we're in very appropriately but we find in uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse number 23 and the very God of peace sanctify you holy now that word holy is with a w not an h and so it means an all in, it's an all-inclusive term, the whole thing, every part, holy. Sanctify you holy, and I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so we find here, according to this passage of Scripture, that man is a trinity. We talk about God being a trinity. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but we also find that we, created in the image and likeness of God, are a trinity. We're a triune being. We're three in one as well. And so here we find that we're spirit, and we're soul, and we're body. Amen? Amen. You know, so some of the things I'm going to say today 
They may be old to you. Some of you will be. Some of it all will, will be. Some of it will be new to all of you, or some of you will be new to all of it will. And uh, so there's some overlap, and we know that. But that's the way we learn. But uh, I pray God your whole spirit. Now that word spirit is uh, the word in the Greek. It's the word pneuma. Starts with a P. Pneuma. P E P N E U M A. Pneuma. And you can probably understand that by, if you are a mechanic, you've been around mechanical things, there's a thing called pneumatic tools. Pneumatic tools are tools that run by air pressure. They don't run off of a regular electrical motor. They run off an air pressure motor. And so it's a pneumatic drill or a pneumatic wrench or something of that nature. Another way that you can understand the word a little bit more is if you think about the term pneumonia, something in the lungs has to do with air, okay? So the word pneuma is something that's related to the breath of God. When God created Adam, he breathed into him the breath of life, the pneuma, air, spirit, amen? So that's important, so you can kind of keep up with it that way. Now we find soul is the word suke, and again it starts with a P as well, P-S-U-C-H-E, suke. Now another word, you, way you can think about that, if you, if you think about, well, you know these old horror shows, psycho, you know, it, it's kind of a related word. If you think about an illness where a person has an a illness that's induced in the mind, it's a psycho somatic illness it's, it comes from the mind and affects the soma psychosomatic amen now the third word that we find right here in the way that a person's made is the body now that word body is again in the greek it's the word soma so again it fits into the word psychosomatic mind over body a mind-induced illness, psychosomatic, how the mind affects the body. Amen? So you can kind of keep up with it with that. I think that's important, don't you? i give you a little bit to relate to. So man is a three-part being, and so we find here in this passage that being a three-part being, God said, I want to sanctify you holy, so that's all three parts, spirit, soul, and body. Now we go into Matthew 26. Jesus gave us some revelation and some insight here. In uh, verse 40, Matthew 26, 40, And he cometh in unto his disciples and findeth them asleep. Now this is Jesus in the garden. He had gone to pray and he said, uh, pray with me. Amen. And when he went to his solitude or solitary place to pray, they fell asleep. Okay? It's like we do. And he cometh unto the disciples and findeth them asleep. And he said unto Peter, What could you not watch with me, watch in prayer with me one hour? Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. Now, if you took that one little phrase right there, it's just, it's just pregnant with insight. Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. That's the guard against entering into temptation. Watch and pray. Be watchful and pray. 
Now he goes on to say, he said, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. He said, the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Now, sometimes there's a mistake that we, that we make, and it's an easy mistake to make. And you have to clarify by context what is being said. In one place, it tells us that there's the flesh of fish and birds and all sorts of things. Well, now, when you see that word flesh, there's no spiritual connotation to the word at all. It's just talking about the, the makeup, the physical makeup of a fish opposed to a bird or whatever. There's a different type of flesh. You understand flesh? Okay, you got it? Okay, but now in this passage, this is important to distinguish. He said, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation, for the spirit indeed is willing. Now, that's a spiritual thing. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Now, the word flesh right there is not the same word that's used in 1 Thessalonians 5.23. Because being a three-part being, your spirit, soul, and body. The word body, again, is soma. The word flesh here is not soma. It's the word sarx, S-A-R-X. That's completely different. And so it's not talking about the flesh in the, in the sense of maybe, you know, your body. You know, you cover your flesh with clothing. It's not talking about that. It's talking about something that's completely different. And this word sarx is the carnal or the fallen nature of man. He said, the spirit is willing, but the carnal nature is not always willing. The carnal nature will put you to sleep in the middle of something spiritual that ought to be going on. Now, your body can do that too. But your body is more of a tool. The body is not the motivator of itself. The body does what it's told to do. You train the body to respond. You train the body, you go to the gym, you train. You play sports, you train the body. The body responds. Some people have more uh, natural ability with the body than others. Some people run fast, some people don't. Some people have more athletic ability, they can jump higher, they can do certain things. Now you can train yourself into some of it, but some of it has to come as a gift. Somehow God equips us and we develop what he equips us with. But there's some of us, uh, you know that old movie that came out, White Men Can't Jump? It's what one referred to as white man's disease. What if you don't believe it? Look at the lineup on the NBA and see, you can, you can verify that. You know, there's some people got more than others. All right. But that's okay because other people get other things. Everybody gets something. Say, I got something. I got so some people don't think they did. You know, there is the one talent man, two talent man, five talent man, 10 talent man, but everybody gets something. You know, nobody got left out. And so what we have to do is discover what we got and use what we have. Instead of trying to be somebody else. I mean, you got to use what you got instead of complaining about what you don't have. 
You know, that's the way it is. And so when we do that, I think we're beginning to mature in God a whole lot just by being able to do that. Acknowledge what God gave you instead of coveting what he gave somebody else. If a man will lose his life, you'll find it. Lose your life to the desires that you can't attain. Discover what you got and pursue it. And be the best you you can be. Amen? That's important, guys. I mean, you're a long way down the road in your spiritual walk if you do that. Way down the road. Some people never learn it. They spend their whole life chasing something that they're never going to get anyway. Say, that's good preaching. Sometimes when I make points, instead of getting amens, I get absolute total silence. It's like, what? Amen. Uh, am I preaching good or is whatever, whatever it is, but something's going on. The gears are turning. I know that. Amen. So Sarks is your carnal or your fallen nature. The body's not. It's not, it's not your fallen nature. Now the body the body will always take the course of least resistance. Your body will watch a lot of TV if you'll let it. But you have to train your body to not get by with it. Amen. Praise God. Now Romans chapter 8 and verse number 6. He said, for to be carnally minded. Now that goes back to the word sarks. It's not the body. It's not the Soma, it's the Sarks. To be carnally minded is death. And so if you will follow the pursuits of the fallen nature, it'll kill you. You have to understand that the human being without intervention has a death wish. Now, people don't know that, but there are people that commit suicide and there are people who try to commit suicide the slow way. Some people will do, take a drastic action and some people will smoke themselves to death. So destruction is built in and all you got to do is yield to it. Yeah, I'm not, you know, I'm not fussing at you about smoking, but I'm talking, I'm trying to draw a point. You get what I'm talking about? And so that's all we have to do is let up in that destructive nature will begin to seize us. It just, it just will. And, and once you know that, that your flesh is not your friend. It's just not your friend. It has a destructive nature to it. And it's in you. And see, some people have the mistaken idea that once you get born again, that's gone. Well, it's not gone. Now, it, you do have help with it, controlling it. But the instant you're born again doesn't mean that that left you. Now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to delve into that a little bit more as we go, okay? For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded, pneuma, breath of, breath of God, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So the Spirit will lead you toward a life of, life, a life of, of joy and peace and prosperity and wholeness and soundness. I, I, I pray that you be whole, spirit, soul, and body, it'll lead you into that direction of wholeness all the time. 
So God's always, by, by the very nature he put in you, he's always trying to pull you in a way that's going to take you up, not down. He's going to try to improve you, uh, give you joy unspeakable and full of glory, to take you in a way where, where his presence can be seen and felt and experienced all the time. And so that's what he wants to do. So he said, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace because the carnal mind is enmity against God. The carnal or the sarks control mind. Now notice that you're in your mind. Now we're going we're gonna to probably take this message into a part two because I don't think I can get everything done today. But we're going to deal more with that carnal mind as we go through probably next lesson a little bit more. All right? Because that's important. It really is important. Because the carnal mind is enmity. Now the word enmity there means hostile to or an enemy of. So that carnal mind is an enemy of God. The carnal mind is hostile to God. So the things that God wants you to do, your carnal mind is always going to try to do the opposite. It'll never cooperate with that. So you have to get it subdued. You have to get it under control. You have to get it thinking right, doing right. You have to force it. That's why it takes discipline. Why do you think they call a disciple a disciple? Discipline follower. That's what a disciple is. See, to be a disciple of the Lord means you've got to be a disciplined follower. You've got to discipline yourself to do it. It's not always easy, but it's right. Not always easy, but it's right. He sent his word and healed them. As the word goes out, it heals the hurting, mends the wounded, uplifts the weak, and nurtures the hungry. Through power of the word, we are taking that healing message of hope to all the world to change lives every day and make a difference for the kingdom of God. Partner with us and help change lives. Paul said that when you partner with a ministry, the grace that's on that ministry begins to be the grace that comes on you. As you're faithful, we know you will see God change your life as well. We have several ways you can give. Go to poweroftheword.com. Call us at 1-800-956-4433 or text the word GIVE to 1-865-978-6380. Because the carnal mind is enmity or an enemy against God for it is not subject to the law of God. Now notice this, this is interesting to me. Neither indeed can be. In other words, there's something about that uncontrolled nature, that Sark's nature. It says it cannot be anything else but what it is. Now that doesn't mean you yield to it, but it does mean it is what it is. And what that means is water will seek its own level and left alone, it'll destroy you. And if you ever think that you can let up on it, you're kidding yourself. If you ever think, okay, now I've arrived, now I can let up. 
a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep, so shall your poverty come as an armed man. You let up, it'll kill you. You stop, it'll kill you. You yield to it, it'll kill you. Every time. And you can go many, many years of doing fine, and then all of a sudden, eh, I'm going to take it easy. I'm going to take my ease. I'm going to take my rest. There's no such thing on this earth as spiritual rest. Now, I mean, it gets easier. You get things moving the right way. And that's not a negative phrase, you know. It's just the reality. It's like going on vacation think it's gonna, thinking it's going to rest you, and you leave your Bible at home. Well, you're not going to get any rest on that vacation because the peace that you're going to need is not going to come from, you know, walking on the beach. Now, there might be a peace attached to that. I like to do that. I like periodically to go to the beach, get up early in the morning, sun's first coming up, and get out there before, you know, too many people are active and, you know, walk for about two hours on the beach. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, that's heaven to me. I like that. But that in and of itself is not enough. That's just not enough. I really enjoy that. Nobody but me and God and the seagulls. Now, that's good. <laughs> Amen. I like it. I really do. But you can't pretend that that alone is going to rest you. It'll do certain things for you. It'll give you an environment where you can do the right thing. But it's not enough. It's insufficient. Amen. Now, we find over here in Hebrews 12 and verse number 23... Now, some of the things that I'm giving to you, I mean, they're going to, these are, this is a real important truth to have tucked away inside you. What we're sharing today is so, so very important to all of us. Very, very, very important. Hebrews 12, 23, it says to the general assembly and church of the firstborn. Now, the firstborn is Christ. He's the firstborn from the dead, according to Hebrews 1. So that's talking about Jesus, the church of the firstborn. Now you were born again. So you're somewhere in that lineage. You're not the firstborn, but you're one of the borns. You were begotten of God when you were born again. Amen. So to the general assembly and church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven. So that's you. When you were born again, your name was written in heaven. Say, my name's written in heaven. And to the God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect. Now I want to point this out to you. The spirits, now remember we read in 1 Thessalonians 5.23, we're spirit, soul, and body. All right? So he's talking about to the spirits of those who were born again those whose names are written in heaven. That'd be you. All right? To the spirits of just men. Now the word just is an important word. The word justified means, and this is a little play on words, but it means just as if I'd, justified, just as if I'd never sinned. That's what justified means. It also, justified is the same word that is translated in many places in Scripture as righteous. We have, Jesus was made to be sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. The word righteous, the word justified, same word. Same thing, same concept. So to be made right, righteous is to be made 
justified. To be made justified is to be made righteous. So when the Bible talks about just men, it talks about righteous men or justified people whose names are written in heaven. Believers, you, me, us. That's who he's talking to. Not somebody else. He's not talking to the world. He's not talking to the lost. He's talking to the children of God. Say, that's me. Say, that's me. So he's talking to you. He said, to the spirits of justified men or righteous men made perfect. Now the word perfect right there is the word that would mean complete or whole. He said, I pray your whole spirit, soul, and body, whole, same kind of concept transferred right there. Wholeness, nothing missing, nothing left out whole, no missing parts. So he said that we are of just men whose spirits are made perfect. Now, somebody said, well, I'm not perfect and I can't be. Well, you have to qualify that. You're not perfect as far as all three parts of you are concerned, spirit, soul, and body. You're not perfect in that nature. You're, you're going to die physically should Jesus tarry. That's a fact. So your body is not perfected in the fact that it's not subject to the laws of this earth. It's still subject to that. All right? There will be a resurrected body coming one day that doesn't have those restrictions. But right now, it does have those restrictions. Amen? But your spirit, when you were born again, was made perfect. So somebody said, well, I'm not perfect. Well, yeah, you are. On the inside, after you break through all the imperfect layers. You get what I'm talking about? So the outside's not, but the inside is. Say, my outside, my outside is, not perfect, is not perfect, but my inside is. My inside is. That's exactly what he said. See, so your spirit can, cannot be improved. There's nothing you can do. You were not made perfect because you were good. You were made perfect because Jesus is good. Our medical world and our nutritional world tells us that we can suffer great consequence of life by eating the wrong foods and taking in the wrong type of calories and things. And we know it physically. We know that if you eat junk, as they say, uh, it'll do bad things to your body. But we don't only feed our physical man. The Bible tells us that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from God. And so we have to feed our spirit man the same way we feed our physical man. And without physical food, we diminish in power, but without spiritual food, we do as well. A lot of the agitations, a lot of the irritations, a lot of the troubles, tests and trials that we face in life is because we're malnourished spiritually. We have to feed our spirit on God's Word. He said, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. They'll add life to us when we expose ourselves to God's Word. Be a student be a reader of God's Word. But Jesus said, I am the Word made flesh 
and dwelt among you. That's where it all begins. Receive him right now as your Lord and Savior. Do it. Say, Jesus, I take you right now as my Lord and my Savior. I give my life to you to serve you today and forever. Sin, Satan, I don't serve you. Jesus, I make you the Lord of my life. Now, if you prayed that prayer, know you meant it, you wouldn't pray it. If you didn't, let us know here at Power of the Word because we want to pray with you and it's important for you to tell somebody what you've done. We've really enjoyed being with you today. Look forward to our next time together. Until then, God bless and we will see you soon.